Hello, everyone, and Hi, welcome guys. back to the Castro Files. Yeah. How you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? Doing great. Thank you so much. And again, thank you all for joining us as we kick off a new season of the Castro Files with all new set, new setup, new location, all that good stuff. Um, thank, you, thank you again for joining us. I've got a story to I'm tell excited. today. So this one I've been hanging on to for a while. It's, it's interesting. Okay. It's about this guy that may or may not be an agent in the oh. federal agent. Interesting. So with that, I'll jump in. You ready? Yeah. All right. Totally cool. ready. So this one was on, actually it was on Unsolved, uh, Unsolved Mysteries, the show. Oh, okay. But back in like the 90, like 1990. Okay. So this is, these are actually the show notes in the behind the scenes information of it. Okay, cool. So this is about a gentleman named Charles Morgan who goes, his nickname was Chuck. And this was June 18th of 1977. Okay. This is more of a case. Okay. Because if you've watched Unsolved Mysteries, yeah, they kind of go by and it's, they're trying to figure out, help what us happened? figure yeah. out what happened. Do you have any information? Right. Yeah. So 39 year old Chuck Morgan was a successful businessman who was the president of his own escrow agency. He was also a potential witness in a state land fraud case involving a known crime boss. On March 22, 1977, he left his Tucson, Arizona home to drive two of his daughters to school. After dropping them off, he vanished. Three days later, he arrived back at his home. According to his wife, Ruth, he was missing a shoe, had a plastic handcuff around one ankle, and his hands tied together with plastic zip ties. Oh, my. He could not speak. But with a pen and paper, he wrote down that he had been kidnapped and tortured. He also wrote that a hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic drug had been painted on his throat. He claimed that the drug would drive him insane or kill him if he ingested it. He asked Ruth, Ruth to move his car because he did not want, quote unquote, them to know that he had returned home. However, he would not say who, quote unquote, they were. He also told her not to call police because a hit would be put out on the lives of them and their family. Wow. For one week, Ruth nursed Chuck back to health by feeding him with an eyedropper, which is kind of weird. That is weird. Before his voice returned, he began to allude to a secret identity. He claimed that he had worked for, as an agent for the federal government and he fought against organized crime. He also claimed that they had taken his treasury identification. He said that he escaped from his captors near, uh, near Phoenix's Sky Harbor Airport. After his kidnapping, Chuck became justifiably paranoid. He began wearing a bulletproof vest and even grew a beard to further mask his identity. He also started driving his daughters to and from school. He informed the school that nobody else was, should be allowed to pick them up. On June 7th, two months after his initial appearance, Chuck vanished again. Shortly before his second disappearance, he told his father that if anything were to happen to him, there was a letter he had written that would tell them who was responsible. The letter was never found. However, nine days later, an unidentified woman called Ruth uh, called Ruth and said, Chuck is all right. I'm going to mess this word up. E Ecclesiastics okay. 12-1-1. 1 8. It's Bible. Yep. It's a Bible passage, yeah. which reads in part Men are afraid of a high place and of terrors on the road. Remember him before the silver cord is broken and the golden bowl is crushed. 
Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Okay. Strange. Yeah. Two days later, Chuck was found shot to death, despite the fact he was found wearing a bulletproof vest. His body was found in the desert, 30 feet off the highway in the San Juan Springs area. He'd been shot once in the back of the head with a bullet from his 357 Magnum, which is a big bullet. Yeah. Which was lying beside him. There were no fingerprints on it. Okay, so somebody wiped it down. Gunshot residue was found on his left hand, though, indicating he had fired a weapon. In his car, police found a note that had directions to the crime scene written in his handwriting. Also found in the car were several weapons, ammunition, and a CB radio. Strangely, a piece of one of his teeth was found wrapped in a white handkerchief in the back seat. And a pair of sunglasses was also found that did not belong to him. And here's the sunglasses right here. Why isn't it coming up? I don't know why it's not coming up. Hmm. I lost the picture. I'll figure it out after. Okay. That's right. And they can go look at it. Yeah, you'll be able to see it out on. Sorry. Sorry about that. I checked it earlier, too, and it was working. I don't know why it's not. Huh. Interesting. Anyway. (laughs) So, strangely, Chuck had clipped a $2 bill inside his underwear. Written on the bill were seven Spanish names from the letters A to G. Also, Ecclesiastics 12 was written, with the verses 1 through 8 marked by arrows drawn on the bill's serial number. This was the same reference that came that the female caller had made to Ruth. On the back of the bill, the, the signers of the Declaration of Independence were numbered 1 through 7. Also, a crude map was drawn, which showed several roads between Tucson and, and the Mexican border. The towns Roblos Junction and Sasabe were marked. These towns are apparently known for smuggling. Okay. Two days after Chuck's death, an anonymous woman spoke to an officer for the Pima County Sheriff's Department on the telephone. She claimed that he was supposed to meet her at a local motel shortly before he died. She claimed that her nickname was Green Eyes and that she was the same woman who had called Ruth several days earlier. She also claimed that at the motel, Chuck Chuck showed her a briefcase containing several thousand dollars in cash. He said that the money would buy him out of a gang contract that had been put a hit that had been put on his life. Surprisingly, despite the bizarre evidence, authorities ruled that Chuck committed suicide. It's one of those weird ones where you shoot yourself in the back of the head. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I'm like, don't even know how you would reach. With your lift? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, interesting. Okay. They believed that that he did so either because of financial difficulties or fears for his safety. His family and a reporter named Don Devereaux believed he was murdered. Some investigators also suspected that his death was not a suicide. Shortly after Chuck's death, his impounded car was broken into while it was in police possession. And around the same time, his office was also ransacked. Okay, looking for something. Something. Three weeks after his death, two men claiming to be FBI agents arrived at the Morgan home. They told Ruth that they had to look through the house. They tore the house apart and searched for quite a while. It is unknown if they ever found anything or if they were even FBI agents. When Devereaux contacted the FBI, they claimed that they had never even heard of Chuck Morgan. Interesting. There are several rumors surrounding the case, including that Chuck was killed because he was involved in, with illegal activity or was doing secret work for the government. His death seems just as unexplained as the events leading to it. So there's some suspects. 
Although Chuck claimed that he was working against organized crime, some believe that he was actually involved with it. During the 70s, Tucson, along with other cities in Arizona, became a place that the mafia moved to. I didn't know that. Due to its warm climate and controversial criminal justice system. Led by former New York Don Joseph Bonanno. So it Don's like the mafia mm-hmm. boss, yeah. right? More than 500 racketeers moved to Tucson during the 70s. Wow. Their influence led to several gangland-style killings in the area, one of the more famous being the murder of investigative reporter Don Bowles. What made Arizona more, most attractive to the crime syndicates was, was a unique state law that allowed them to buy land through numbered blind trust accounts. Interesting. Yep. This would allow them to remain anonymous and successfully launder money. Chuck did real estate as real estate escrow work for at least one mafia family. They may have used him to do escrow work for purchases of gold bullion and platinum as well. Hmm. This was more convenient way for them to launder money as opposed to doing land transactions. Right. Starting in 1973, it appeared that he was doing several million dollars of escrow work in bullion and platinum. In reality, there was no bullion or platinum. Instead, the money was being moved through several escrow accounts and legitimized. So they're putting money into it, buying land, but Getting, yeah, it's, it's using dirty money, money. laundry. Yeah. yeah. So on one occasion, Chuck mentioned to Ruth that money laundering was occurring in Tucson. However, he claimed that he was not involved in it. He also stated that the less she and the children knew about his activities, the better it would be for them. It is theorized that Chuck Morgan was killed by members of organized crime in in the Tucson area. It is possible that the mafia family that he worked for had had killed him because he knew too much. One theory is that organized crime bosses put the word out that they wanted Chuck dead. A hitman then told Chuck, so he came up with money in order to buy a hitman, buy the hitman off. However, when the two met in the desert, the hitman killed him anyway and took the money. The theory has not been confirmed. So there's also some extra notes here, which okay. these are kind of interesting as well. The case originally aired on this February 7th, 1990 episode. Okay. Although it was not mentioned in the segment, Chuck was a secret witness in the an extensive land fraud investigation hmm. and was interviewed about it in May 1977, shortly before his death. It is not known if any if this had anything to do with his death, though. Come on. I mean... Also not mentioned was that Chuck had been seen at several restaurants and motels on the west side of Tucson after his, dis- after his disappearance before his death. Interesting. So the results of the show, unsolved, still to this day. Still. After the case aired, Unsolved Mysteries received several calls relating to Chuck's death. Don Devereaux investigated several leads that came up as a result of the program. He learned that Chuck was heavily involved in money laundering activities through his Tucson escrow company. From 1973 to his death in 77, he was also involved in large gold and platinum transactions. He apparently received a large amount of money from these activities, and some of the money allegedly came from Southeast Asia. Mm. Devereaux discovered that Chuck kept duplicate records of the illicit transaction. Devereaux now believes that Chuck was killed because he still had those records. Three months after the looking for. Yeah, yeah, that's they were probably looking for those records. Yeah. Three months after the broadcast, Doug Johnston, who was found shot to death in his car outside of his Phoenix office. So who that was, was that? that so Doug Johnston 
was uh, so this guy just pops in here. Okay. So this guy was found shot to death outside of his car in the Phoenix office. Interestingly, he works across the street from Devereaux from his office. Devereaux's the investigator. Okay. Like the journalist, right? Yeah. And drove in all, and they both drove in almost identical cars. Oh, so they accidentally killed him mm-hmm. instead of the actual. Devereaux journalist. now believes that he was supposed to be killed instead of Doug. Yeah. A year after Doug's murder, Devereaux was con- contacted by a writer from D.C. named Danny Casolaro. He agreed to share with him the information that he had uncovered about Chuck's illegal gold transactions. However, Danny died suspiciously before he received the information. They're just whacking. Danny was the guy that reached Doug. Yep. Okay. Yep. Somebody's just taking care of these yeah. people. All three cases remain unsolved. Sadly, Chuck's widow, Ruth Morgan, died in, in 2006. Aww. So this case is still. Wow. And it had some legs, man. Yeah, absolutely. Let me see if these pictures will come up. I'm not sure why that's coming up. Let's see. Just being picky. It is being picky today. Well, we we'll put anyway, them out on the. Instagram. I'll put them out. On, sorry about that. That's I'll a put really them out cool on story, Instagram. Actually. Yeah. So the picture you'll see four pictures. One will be of the, of um, the the main character here, Chuck. Yeah. The next one will be of the scene where he was killed. Then we've got the actual glasses the that sunglasses. didn't belong to him, okay. and then the two dollar bill that had the Snow ecclesiastics. Uh, 12 one eight right interesting so yeah so very interesting case i love um i love that show um unsolved mysteries it's just yeah, they always have the on, coolest it's back on netflix story yeah well, at least a season or two was yeah. uh but it was yeah. um this is a great story and it it does leave a lot like huh things that make you go huh so great story baby. It, absolutely yeah. was he really an agent uh, he's just i a think dude? He, i think he got mixed up in some bad stuff and and what's with the stuff that they said they painted and on I his throat? And I guess that's maybe why, like, it paralyzed his throat. That's why he couldn't talk. And so that's why she had to feed him with a... Dropper? Eyedropper? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that poor woman. It's all good. <laughs> poor woman. Well, rest in peace. Yes. All right. With that, go out and like, subscribe to the podcast if you don't mind. And yes, also, go out and check out the Instagram. It's under the Castro Files, if you don't mind as well. And then course share the show because sharing appreciate it absolutely Absolutely. so with that catch you guys bye guys next time have a great week cheers